0: It's great to see you guys again. I feel like there might be some like youth students that came to our large group last time. Some of you seem like you might be coming here for the first time. If it's your first time, I want to really welcome you here. really glad you're here. Of course, like Ian people, um, good to see you. <laughs> um, let's go into a time of just brief teaching, and then we'll separate into the, the good part uh, where you break up into small groups and have your... Uh, small group discussion with your small group uh, leaders. And for today, uh, we're covering questions number four and five. So let me just show you the questions really quick on the slides here. Um, Here's question number four. How and why did God create us? God created us male and female in His own image to know Him, love Him, live with Him, and glorify Him. And it is right that we who are created by God should live to His glory. Now we're going to do the children's version of this, the shorter version. That's what you're going to memorize in your small group time. And the answer for that is a lot shorter than that. So the question is the same. How and why did God create us? God created us, male and female, in His own image, to glorify Him. That's it. Okay? Okay. So that's what we're going to be memorizing today. And also question number five, um, what else did God create? God created all things by His powerful word, and all His creation was very good. Everything flourished under His loving rule. Um, the, the children's version says, what else did God create? God created all things, and all His creation was very good. Okay, that's a summary version of that. That's what you're going to be memorizing. Um, in your small groups. What I want to focus on um, right now, in the next 10 minutes with you, is really on the word glory in uh, the question uh, number four. Uh, what does it mean to glorify God? What does glory even mean? Because um, if you're like me, you gr- you might have grown up in the church just hearing the word glory a whole lot, never quite grasped the, the meaning of it. Uh, It is kind of an abstract word, right? So let me just try to unpack this a little bit for us before you unpack it in your small groups. In our catechism here, in our answer, it actually gives us a pretty good idea of what it means uh, because it tells us we were created in God's image. Before it tells us we were created to glorify Him, glorify God, it tells us we were created in God's image. So that really helps us understand what it means to glorify God okay so think about this think about why we create images in general why do we image things because um, we do that for example we we raise like statues and we create we build statues all the time uh, and create images of people uh, why do we do that why do we have a statue of um, Napoleon King David very famous statue and Martin Luther King Jr., Abraham Lincoln, right? Why do we do that? Um, basically, right, it's, it's to highlight those people, um, the, the great accomplishments and the great character they possess, right? It's really highlight them. And we all know, somehow intuitively, right, we are not to be amazed and we're not to praise the stone that the statue is made of, right? Or if the statue is made out of wood, we're not to admire the wood, but the character and the person and the accomplishment and the greatness of the person being imaged in the, in the statue, right? Um, we're, the, we're the imaging stuff. We're, we're, the, we're the stone. We're the wood, meant to reflect the greatness, the goodness, and the character of God. Not to highlight us, but to highlight God. God created us in His image, so we will actually, when people see us, they think upon how good God is. They think upon how great He is. And now, not think, oh, John, he's so great. John, he's so amazing. He's so awesome, right? Um, That's seeking my own glory, me being my own statue, But I'm created in God's image to glorify Him. To lead people to see me and somehow end up praising God for how good He is. That's glorifying God. So our life in school or at work, um, or whether it's friendship or uh, relationship with family, parents, or even marriage, um, the point of us entering into those relationships that God gave us is so that we would image God there. We would reflect the the goodness of God there, the love of God there, the grace of God there, and the beauty of God there. And not to show off ourselves. look, I have these friends. Look how amazing I am. Look how how amazing my spouse is, my husband is, or my wife is. Look how good my college is. And, And try to point the the glory to yourself, it's all given to us so we would reflect the glory of God. And that's actually the the Bible's distinction, separation between what makes a very happy and blessed life and what makes a very miserable and anxious life. If you try to point people to yourself and, and say, look how amazing I am. Look how pretty I am look how handsome I am, look how well-dressed I am, look how rich I am, look how amazing I am, you will actually make your life more miserable, more anxious, more stressed out than ever before. Why? Why? Because you're putting all that pressure on yourself to be perfect. Now you've got to constantly prove to people, I'm good, I'm happy, I'm perfect, I'm successful, I'm rich, I have this, I have that. That's a a burden you don't want to carry, and you can't carry, and that's what causes us to feel so worried and so anxious and so depressed. But, when you realize, you're just meant to reflect the glory of someone whose glory never fades. (laughs) You're, You're meant to reflect the goodness of someone whose goodness never dies. The love of someone whose love never changes. Then you realize, your job isn't that hard. You have a a lot less on your plate. It's simply to point people to Him. And that's what the Bible calls happiness and blessedness. Um, Now, some of you may ask this question that a lot of people ask, and it's a good question, and that is this question, isn't it kind of selfish of God to seek all the glory for Himself? There's this very precious Latin phrase in, in, our, in our faith, in our Reformed faith, that goes, Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. To God alone be the glory. Right. And we actually, na- I, I named my daughter after that. Soli, that's where that comes from. To God alone be the glory. It's kind of a, it's funny. So her name means alone. <laughs> um, but, I didn't want Deo Gloria as, as a middle name, so it's solely sadam. Anyway, isn't that selfish of God to hog all the, the glory to himself? You know, isn't he a little bit of this sort of narcissistic type of God who wants all the attention and all the glory for himself? It's a good question, but the truth is, it's not selfish at all. Um, because, here's, I'll say the principle and I'll give you an example. If God is truly God, then He is, by definition, He is the most glorious thing that exists and the most beautiful thing that exists, the most awesome thing that exists. And therefore, the most loving thing He can do, the most selfless thing He can do for His creatures is to simply reveal That glory to them. Okay, instead of, instead of trying to hey you handle some of my glory, you handle some of my glory. It's actually very loving, and the most loving of God to say hey I'll handle the glory part, you handle the reflecting part. So here, um, one of my favorite musicians, of all time, uh, the uh, performer, classical performer, uh, who's alive is Yo-Yo Ma cellist and I actually had the chance to see him live like in person at a concert hall. I paid a ton of money to see him and I got pretty close. I was about 20 feet away so that's pretty darn close to to a world-class cellist Um, and I still remember just him. It was him and the cello on the stage playing so beautifully, so majestically and him and the cello and the music he was performing just filled the entire auditorium. Filled the entire hall, concert hall. It was amazing. It was worth every penny. Okay. Now, what if in that moment, just in the middle of his performance, uh, somebody stands up and says, Hey, Yo-Yo Ma. Like, his name's Yo-Yo. Hey, Yo-Yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally, why, why are you so selfish and not sharing that stage with somebody else like me? Like, why can't I get up there and play the cello with you and get, get a piece of this attention and the glory that you're getting from everybody, you know, be a little, be a little generous and let me, let me get on stage and perform with you. What if somebody did that? What would I, as the ticket holder, say about that? Get him off the stage, right? Why? Because I didn't pay my precious money to behold the glory of a stranger, to behold the glory of some random guy who wants attention. I paid my money, carved out my time, so I can just sit there and behold the glory of Yo-Yo Mom and the most loving thing He can do for me is to play by Himself. The most loving thing He can do for me is to handle the cello all by Himself. That's what I would enjoy the most, and that's what would satisfy me the most. So you see where I'm going with this, right? The glory of God, the most loving thing God can do with His glory is simply soli deo gloria, for us to give Him all the glory and for us to simply just behold behold his glory his goodness and the thing is you know you you came, you come out different once you behold that glory you come out different right I, I came out a little different I came out with just joy and happiness in my heart because I was beholding that right same thing with God you behold God long enough you fill your heart with the peace and the joy you need and you have the total opposite effect if you try to get on God's stage and say, give me your glory and let me be the the glorious one, that would have the total opposite effect. Some of you know this passage in Isaiah 6 where where Isaiah describes this vision um, where God is sitting on the throne in his temple and it says the train of God's robe, which symbolizes God's, kingship, his majesty, his authority, his glory. the train of his robe filled the temple, filled the temple right So the only thing adorning the temple was the train of his robe. Right? It wasn't Isaiah right It wasn't Israel. Right? The train of his majesty, his glory filled the temple. like Yo-Yoma filled that concert hall. God fills the temple. He fills all of His creation. He fills you and me with His glory. And there's enough glory of God to go go around for us. So bottom line is, this is why God created us, to image Him, to, to point people to Him, and that's glorifying Him when we point people to God's beauty. So think about how your life can be filled with more of this, more of God's glory, God's beauty, less of yourself. And I promise you, when you do that, when you make this... Life you live more about God, less of yourself, you actually will become happier, more at peace, more content. Uh, The last point I'll make of this is this in one minute and 60 seconds God created us male and female. Um, We live in a time where we have to reiterate this. Okay, God created us boys and girls, male and female. Um, that means there is a clear gender difference, sexual difference between men and women, boys and girls. Okay? This means a boy cannot become a girl. A girl cannot become a boy. Right? Um, and the reason why this is important for Christians to realize is because the Bible tells us God created us in His image as male and female. And that means if you're a created... As female, you have a very important role to play in reflecting the glory of God as female. And no male can ever play that role. No male can ever substitute you and reflect that aspect of God's glory. And the same thing goes for men. Women cannot reflect the glory of God in men, vice versa. We need each other. Complementing each other and reflecting the complete glory of God. We need both. And this also means not one gender is better than the other, right? We matter equally in God's eyes because we carry the image of God. Remember that. Keep that in mind. Um, and as you keep that in mind, strive to treat one another, uh, think of one another as carriers of God's image. And so treat each other with not only respect, but with purity. In holiness, not only in how you speak to one another, how you treat one another, but how you think and imagine about one another. These are carriers of God. Uh, You are a carrier of God. And so see them as such, value them, and cherish them. Alright? And we'll get into small groups and unpack these some more. Let me pray. Let me pray and then remind you of what the small groups are and then we'll break you off into small groups. Father God, we thank you for this evening when we get to behold you just a little bit longer. Behold you during this time so we can go out of here with just a bit more joy and peace in our hearts and lay down the things that have been causing us to be worrisome and anxious and stressed out. God, let these truths change us and affect us. Help us to apply this. Help us to really not only behold, but become this truth uh, as we go into our small group and share as we pray. In Jesus' name.